Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome to Rudy Maxa's World, where we talk all travel all the time. I'm Rudy Maxa, your genial radio travel show host, We've taken the show on the road today to the second largest city in Northern Ireland. It's called Derry, or as some folks call it, London Derry. Now, I want you to keep in mind, I mean, I know folks who know Ireland well already know this, but I know that also a lot of Americans don't know that Northern Ireland is distinct from the Republic of Ireland, whose capital is Dublin. The Republic is an independent country. It uses the euro as its currency. Northern Ireland where about 30% of the entire population of the island of Ireland live as part of the United Kingdom of Great Britain. It uses the English pound as its currency and looks to London for some issues of governance. Belfast is Northern Ireland's capital. Northern Ireland is the ancestral home of seven U.S. presidents. In fact, Woodrow Wilson's grandfather started his life out just about 14 miles down the road from where I'm broadcasting now in the Guildhall just outside the old city walls of, uh, of um, uh, Derry. Um, Ireland, Ireland's an Ireland, excuse me, Ireland and Ireland. Those are two tough words to say together. Ireland is an island that gave us some of my favorite words. You've heard of tons of Irish words, but two of my favorite are shenanigans and skullduggery. Two great words. Those are two great words. The real Davy Crockett's ancestors hailed from Northern Ireland, as did Andrew Mellon, James Dunlap, the man who printed America's Declaration of Independence, and Charles Thompson, the first secretary of the U.S. Congress and a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Other names of the famous who began their lives in Northern Ireland include flautist James Galway, songwriter Phil Coulter, singer Van Morrison, actress Amanda Burton, actors Liam Neeson and Sam Neill, golfer Rory McElroy, and of course a slew of writers and poets including the legendary C.S. Lewis of the Chronicles of Narnia and the Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe fame. And Seamus Haney, he's the guy who won the 1995 Nobel Prize for Literature. He also is a Northern Islander. There's another unique and very strong bond between many of Derry's 110,000 residents in the United States of America. Six months before the bombing of Pearl Harbor, before America entered World War II, a group of men who wore civilian clothing arrived here in Derry and began working to update a major seaport. When America entered the war, those workers changed overnight into military uniforms. Gradually, more Navy and Marine personnel arrived here to man what came to be known as Base One Europe, right here on the River Foyle. This was the Allies' westernmost port during World War II, and it was an extremely valuable way station for convoys of cargo ships ferrying supplies from the U.S. to Europe. The Navy could help protect those ships from German U-boats who were engaged in the ba Battle of the Atlantic. Dozens of them prowled the waters around here, hoping to torpedo uh, cargo ships and troop ships coming from the United States. Uh, damaged ships could also re uh, be repaired here in Derry. At its height, the U.S. Naval Operating Base Londonderry was home to 5,000 military personnel. Navy men and women worked at the port. Marines guarded the entire operation. Now, the locals used to say the Americans here were overpaid, oversexed, and over here. Of the British forces, they said they were underpaid, undersexed, and under Eisenhower. I'd never heard that second one before. If you check into the very lovely Country House uh, Hotel where I'm staying, you'll be right in the middle of what used to be the base where the U.S. military lived in hundreds of these Metal Quonset huts, just curved huts with floors. Um, they had, you know, a, 
uh, a coffee shop. They, of course, slept there. There were officers' quarters. The inn I have been lucky enough to stay in the last several nights is called Beach Hill, beaches and beech trees. And in one of the comfy lounges at the Beach Hill Country Hotel, there's a museum-quality display of photographs and a narrative of the several years American troops lived on and around this property. There's a ticket, uh, for example, I saw a picture of a ticket to a night's entertainment there for the uh, American uh, military personnel featuring Al Josen and Merle Oberon. Bob Hope dropped in to entertain the troops. Derry welcomed the Americans warmly, and the feeling was mutual. Many dairy women met and married American soldiers and Marines and immigrated to the U.S. with them. Their children and grandchildren often returned to Derry and to the uh, Beach Hill Hotel to see where their parents or grandparents met and where they served during the war. There's still a Quonset hut standing in the woods behind uh, uh, the, Beach Hill the Beach Hill Hotel. It's flanked by waterfalls, trees, and lakes, but there is this one Quonset hut as a, as a reminder of the troops' presence there. Now, you can walk along a long, wide path, very broad path. It served as sort of Main Street for the GIs, and historical markers note some of the highlights of what used to be a, you know, a very active military community. I thought it was fascinating. Now, I'm an Army brat, I admit. I grew up in a couple Army posts all my life in Germany twice, and but I was just fascinated to learn of the presence, the, the prominent presence here of Americans. And I was looking at some scrapbooks at the hotel uh, that showed a very close relationship between the American military and the residents of Derry uh, that continues to this day. But the scene I would have really liked to witness, have witnessed, excuse me, was the day in 1945 when as many as 66 German U-boats surrendered here to U.S. forces at the port in Derry. I'm told it took some convincing to get the German commander to show a white flag of surrender, but the Americans wouldn't accept their surrender until that white flag flew. Eventually, the Nazis gave in. But can you imagine, can you imagine dozens of submarines emerging from the water to surrender? Some of, those, some of the crews uh, basically sunk their submarines at sea. A couple escaped and went to Argentina. I sort of imagine that. Okay, here's the plan, guys. I know we're here in the, you know, the, right off the coast of Ireland, but... Let's make a fast break for Argentina in the German submarine. I'd love to know what happened to, uh, uh, to that. Now, long before the war, it was the garment industry that kept dairy humming. There were more than 40 shirt factories that employed more than 18,000 workers, almost all of whom were women. Two of their customers who were in the 1860s were the Union Army during the Civil War. Oh, and the Confederate Army, too. Apparently, when it came to uniforms, both sides agreed on the best place to buy them, dairy. And for decades, dairy shirt makers would send five shirts to the new president of the U.S. on his inauguration day. That industry faded 40 or so years ago as the garment industry, really all over the world, not just here in dairy, uh, found cheaper labor in Asia. Today, I'm told only one shirt maker still operates in dairy. The city went through tough times between the 60s and the late 90s during what is called the Troubles. That's the civil rights struggle by Catholics that pitted them against the Protestant establishment that had run Derry uh, and Northern Ireland, for that matter, for a long time. More than 200 people died in Derry during riots and actions by paramilitary groups. More than 3,500 died in all of Northern Ireland, mostly males between the ages of 15 and 40. The Good Friday Agreement signed in 1998 brought peace to this region, though there can still be animosity based on religion or politics. Protestants generally identify with England, while Catholics generally consider themselves Irish and feel an affinity with the Republic of Ireland to the south. You can enter a dairy pub, as I did on Friday night, to research the proper, that's why I was there, was to research the proper drawing of Guinness beer from a tap. And you might see a placard reading, you're now entering free dairy. 
Well, that was the greeting painted in big letters in the Catholic enclave that barricaded itself against local law enforcement and British soldiers who were sent to Derry back in the bad old days to quell domestic disturbances. Fortunately, those days are gone. Catholic and Protestant communities work hard to make Derry a city that looks forward, not back, and we're going to talk about that uh, over this hour. I'm going to ask, uh, we're going to find out what you can expect if you visit Derry, and uh, among those things are pubs, some with local musicians playing Irish folk songs. It's a great way to spend the evening. Anyway, stick around with me uh, for the next hour because we're going to take you inside Derry with my guests. You're listening to Rudy Max's World coming to you from Derry in Northern Ireland from the Guild Hall. Don't go away. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. Are you looking for a hip place for your next trip? Jump into Ireland and experience the land Lonely Planets declared best in travel for 2015. Travel the wild Atlantic Way, rivaling California's Pacific Coast Highway and Australia's Ocean Road. Engage the warmth of the Irish people, immerse in the inviting Irish culture, attend numerous festivals, and dine on the diverse Irish foods. Rudy, Mary, and I will be broadcasting from Ireland November 29th and December 6th. Join us and discover all Ireland offers at Ireland.com or RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. This is a special alert to consumers who own back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction to ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call 1-800-237-2199. That's 1-800-237-2199. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there is no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-237-2199, 1-800-237-2199. That's 1-800-237-2199. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about relief factor four i was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years i heard about relief factor four and decided to order it and in four days i was walking without a limp and without pain i am thrilled for more information or to order relief factor four go online at relieffactor4.com that's relieffactor4.com The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to segment of Rudy Maxa's World. is brought to you by our loyal sponsor, Orbits.com, who introduced Orbits Rewards, the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. The only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards? Well, earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. Now, when you join Orbitz Rewards, if you use this promo code, write it down, Travel Happy, all one word, Travel Happy, you'll get an extra 20% off eligible hotel bookings. 
Those are instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards, and that's what Orbitz calls happy. Now, you can apply these rewards toward your hotel stay immediately or future hotel stays. Sign up now at Orbitz.com slash rewards. Orbitz.com slash rewards. Get instant vacation gratification, and don't forget to use that promo code TRAVELHAPPY to get an extra 20% off eligible hotels. Coming to you live, Rudy Max, if you just tuned in, we have, uh, we've been coming to you live uh, the last hour and ten minutes from the fabulous town of Derry in Northern Ireland. This is Northern Ireland's second largest city, and it's a historic city, and oh my goodness, chocolates are arriving. Yes, I can be bribed right on the air. It's unbelievable, shameless promotion. Um, and I'm delighted to be joined by two women who know this city intimately. So intimately, they'll show it to you in several different languages. Um, Eilish Quigley and Fanola Faller uh, run Tours and Trails. I'll give you that website eventually. They're both born and bred in the city of Derry, and uh, they are the only women-owned tour guide company here. They, will con- they conduct walking tours of the local historic walls. We'll talk about that in a moment. In English, Spanish, Spanish, Catalan, and French, and they have 22 years of experience in tourism industry between them. Do, do, do the two of you speak those languages? No, we don't. Oh, you have others who do? We have others. Yes. Other guides okay, good. Yeah. All right, now, now tell me. I'm going to bring the microphone... Okay, okay. Good. Um, yeah, just stay right on, right on top of that microphone. I know it's intimidating. But, uh, uh, so how did you two get in the tourism business? Gee, if we go right back to 1999, and Derry was really changing after the peace process. 98 was the peace process. That's so the, correct. The signing of the peace agreement. That yeah. is correct. And uh, this course came up. Was it, excuse me for interrupting. Yes. Was there any tourism then? There was very little, very little. Okay, it tourism. really was sort of, it was a... I mean, I guess it's hard to convince people to come to a town where you have people with machine guns standing on every corner. Yeah. Well, yeah. that can be very threatening to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit off-putting at times. Yeah, uh, well, I think so. <laughs> and okay. we only really started walking the walls 1994, roundabout, just before we came along. You know, because the walls were closed since 1969. Right, uh, because to the there public, were guards the up top. Yeah, that's right. it. So um, when this happened, uh, this tour guiding you know, come on, and uh, from the local college, and we decided, I hadn't, I never knew Eilish before that, believe it or not, and here we do, we live in the same city, and... Well, uh, there are 110,000 people here, I yeah. know. <laughs> oh, I know, but you know, we know most of them, they know, mo- they mo- they know us. Well, I'm sure they know you, because you're out guiding people all the time. So, Absolutely. okay, so you two get together, so and you together say... we got together, and we studied for six months, and uh, afterward that, in 2000, we qualified uh, by Falcha Ireland and NITB as uh, professional guides. So you have to qualify to do Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. And uh, from there, we decided, um, Eilish and I, we met, but we decided to do our own tours at the beginning. Now, at that time, and we're talking 2000, there was very, very few tourists within I the I was city. wondering how the numbers built. Did they build quickly or slowly? Slowly. 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 Fairly slowly. Do you know how many tours you ran in 2000? Oh, in 2000, mm-hmm. I would I would say half a dozen at least. Half do- so that's a one a it month? It's really small. Yeah, yeah. All right. So very, very, very small. And, 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 and it just graduated from there on. And how many tours do you run now a year? Oh, well, it's very seasonal now here. Sure. It's very seasonal. So during the summer, we would be maybe two or three tours a day. Yeah, that's and a lot more than one a month. Oh, that's absolutely. My goodness, it's fantastic now. And, uh, but we still want lots and lots and lots and lots more people to come and visit our city. Um, no, we, 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 we graduated from there on our local tours here within the city, and then we, we went from there outwards into the Inishound on a Gaul Peninsula areas as well. So, so you'll take people along the coast and that yes, sort of thing? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All Northwest Ireland. All of Northwest yeah, Ireland. And, yeah. uh, okay, so let's, for just walking through Derry, how long does that tour take generally, or do you have different lengths? We have different lengths. Yes. 
Minimum Depends and maximum. on the groups. Eilish, Depends what's on your the type of the group, yeah. So what's a minimum? A minimum, an hour, but usually it's an hour and a quarter, mm -hmm. an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. So if you've got an educational group, they might want a little bit more information. If it's a general tourist or a visitor coming into the city, slightly smaller. But you can book us to have a specialised tour, and we might for sort of bring for in, For a couple yeah, or a family. Even a couple or a family, depending right. what they prefer. And you can even bring in lunch or a tea or a coffee break or something like that. You know, tea? Make it specialized. All tea yeah. Oh, yes. Tea's more better than coffee. Although, I don't know, you like your coffee better, Philo? <laughs> I love my coffee. Well, well we let me just it, tell we you. We call it tea here. <laughs> a cup of tea. A cup of tea, yes. A cup of cup. Uh, let me just tell you the website, uh, if, if already talking to these two women has intrigued you about uh, coming here and visiting, is tours and just the letter N, toursandtrails.co.uk. So it's tours, the letter N, trails, all one word, toursandtrails.co.uk. I'll give that to you when we end our discussion, but uh, I wanted to give it to you so you can be prepared to write it down next time. Now, you all, there was, there was a, one day in, uh, when was it? One day, uh, you can tell me, Apparently, a farmer here looked up in the sky and saw something coming down that shocked him and, in a way, sort of scared him. And that led to a forming of a society that, uh, who wants to tell me about that? Well, we both Eilish. could tell you that, but I'll, I'll make a start. So this farmer um, looks up, and what's that coming out of the sky? Well, it's a bit like that song. Is it a bird? Is it, what is it? Sure. But actually, a lot of people in the city saw this red-looking monoplane, which is an unusual sight. Uh, in 1932 sure. and eventually this plane came down in a field, uh, there's a couple of names for it, Cornshell Fields, Gallagher's Pasture in an area called Ballyarnett, about two miles from where we're sitting at the moment okay. and when this plane came into land the two farmhands went up, I think it was McGeady and uh, McCallion and they asked this person that got out of the plane, um, have you come far and she said from America and this lady turned out to be the one and only Amelia Earhart. And, and I heard, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, that she spoke French at first. Oh, no, I don't know about the French, but Maybe I can wrong. tell Maybe you. Maybe it's too good a story, because yeah. she was headed she was there's been to Paris. Yeah, she was heading to Paris, you see, and uh, although she preferred, she thought, no, Derry looked like a nice wee spot to pull down. We would a like nice to A nice wee spot, but she thought she was in <laughs> France, didn't she? But, but she recognised, actually, uh, uh, the, the railway lines, and she knew that she was in Ireland. She, she, oh, she recognised okay. it wasn't France, and most Americans know that she arrived in Ireland, but very few realise it was Derry. Right. No, I, I mean, had no idea. I had no yeah. idea. In fact, uh, she asked the farmhand, uh, where am I? And they said, you're in Cornshell Field, love. As if, but then she finally found out she was in Ireland and she realized that she'd done it. She was the first female pilot to fly solo across the Atlantic. And I mean, can you imagine, 21st of May, 1932, how the residents and the citizens of this city felt? It was amazing. That so right close to this guild hall, Rudy, just beside you've got the GPO and you've got the Northern Counties that was hotel. What's, and the, that's G where what's she the GPO? I'm sorry. The GPO is the General Post Office. Okay. So that's where she received her telegrams from all over the world. How long and did she stay here after landing? Do you oh, know? it's about a day. I think that's she all? stayed with the girl. Yeah, it was about a day, two days, because when she arrived, I think she was given a change of clothes by the Gallagher family. And then she agreed <laughs> to pose for photographs the I love next how you day, know the names you know? of all these folks who did. 
it. And so you know, then so the, she took off and went where from there? Well, she actually went to London. But what they did, what most people don't realize, they actually dismantled her plane. And that was sort of put in uh, a ship back to America. But she flew to London and she had another uh, civic reception there, as far as I can remember. But Derry was Lilla. the first spot but she Derry landed in Europe when she yes. crossed the Atlantic. For we made her famous. Place. Derry made her famous. Yeah. You think about it. And now, <laughs> and, and you, all, you, you have formed a society. Uh, society, haven't you, Fanola? Yeah, well, yes. Uh, the Amelia okay, Era Society. Yeah, well, and going right back actually a few years and uh, in, the in the celebration of the Amelia Earhart on the 21st of May, we felt it necessary that she has to be celebrated. And uh, from there on, and then Eilish, then she took over from that. So now she's the chairperson of And what happened? Do you have a, a celebratory lunch or what do you do on the 21st? Oh, we're, we're planning loads. Oh, we have an exhibition. <laughs> well, yeah. last year, this year, we had a very good exibition. Where? Uh, here, just enough. In the Guildhall? Uh, in the Guildhall. In the Northern oh, okay. Counties Hotel yeah. as and well. Basically, um, we invited, we invited quite a lot of people, but it created such a fantastic interest among the local people, and particularly people who are still living that can remember her sure. who, when she landed. In fact, even my father remembers going up to the field with, with his grandfather. So all of this, this inspired quite a number in fact, it inspired us to continue with it. Mm -hmm. And Eilish took it from there with other members of the committee. And we've brought patrons in who are also uh, play a major role within. So it's re relatively a new society, but one that is going to grow and continue. And the help that we've received locally from local businesses has been absolutely brilliant and overwhelming. Because she, not only did she arrive here, and the outskirts and rural part of this city. I mean, well, there was no roads out to that area. Sure. It would have been dirt tracks at that time. You have to understand, she actually did something for the woman of the city. Ah, empowered him. Well, who would have known that Amelia Earhart, and I certainly didn't know, Eyelash Quigley and uh, uh, Fanola Faller are the founders of Trails and Tours. That's trails and the letter n tours.co.uk. And uh, you can hire them to give you tours of the city. Brilliant. We're coming to you from Derry, Ireland. Thank you both for joining me. We'll be right back. Thank you very Thank much. You very much. much. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Introducing Orbit's Rewards. It's the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbitz Rewards, use the promo code TRAVELHAPPY for an extra 20% off eligible hotels. Instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. That's what we call happy. Sign up now at Orbitz.com rewards or visit RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors to get instant vacation gratification. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. 
It is 33 minutes after the hour. It's nice to have you in the house with me this weekend. And this segment of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by our loyal sponsor, Tourism Ireland. This is the fourth year that Ireland's coming as a sponsor. And the fourth year, I've been privileged to broadcast a show from Ireland. This is my first time to Derry in Northern Ireland. We'll talk about that in just a moment. We've been talking about it actually for an hour and a half now, but uh, we're going to talk a little more about it. But first, let me remind you that with direct flights from many major cities, it's easier than ever to visit Ireland. Once you arrive in what's become one of the hippest destinations in Europe, you'll want to explore it all. Ireland offers ancient landmarks, bustling cities, stunning coastlines, five-star hotels and more, and you'll want to sample the first-class cuisine offered by a new generation of chefs who are eager to show the world that Ireland can compete on the food scene. Cities such as Dublin, Belfast, right here in Derry, and others have been listed as be on the best destination lists of National Geographic and TripAdvisor. Lonely Planet named Ireland among the top ten best in travel countries in 2013. So, what are you waiting for? Plan a trip to Ireland today. Don't put it off any longer. Check out details at Ireland.com for more info and for the vacation of a lifetime. That's Ireland.com. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Rudy. Nice to have you here. It's a name that I can actually uh, <laughs> pronounce, uh, although when I ask you where you're from, I probably won't be able to pronounce the name of the town you were born in. But uh, my guest uh, is Brian Mitchell. He's a genealogist. That's correct. And... Um, he, uh, you know, we talked, an uh, so earlier guest mentioned that there are about 40 million Americans of Irish descent in the United States, and you're, th you're saying it wouldn't be unreasonable to suggest 70 million worldwide. Very much so, and I mean, that, that, and I mean the population of Ireland is just slightly over 6 million. And so that's, that's Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland uh, all rolled into one. Very much 6 so. 6 million. So, it's ve ve so it's unbelievable. A, so, I mean, there's a heck of a lot more... Irish in America than they are in Ireland. So it's, uh, and I mean, that's why genealogy family history is such a big thing over here. And how did you, is this a profession for you or is this a well, hobby? Well, it, it is a profession, but it was never a planned profession. I was uh, a geographer are. by training. Okay, where are you from? I'm, well, I actually am from Derry here. Okay, that I can but pronounce, I, I Derry. I can pronounce, right. Edinburgh University, worked in London, came back to Derry. And what did you think you were going to do when you graduated from college? Well, probably this is an advice you should give young people. I hadn't a clue what I was going to no, do. No, I know I ended up in a kibbutz like in Israel for six, uh, for six months, came okay. home, uh, found this job for... There's probably quite a few Americans out there came to it. It was the Doherty clan reunion in 1985. Doherty is the name in this city today. You know, by far the number one name. I didn't and know that. In 1985, a man in Derry, you mentioned the Bogside, he's known people, a lot of people in the States will know him, Paddy Bogside, Paddy Doherty. He organized a clan reunion in 1985, and I was brought in to sort of gather some local history information. And one of the byproducts of that reunion was that they actually crowned the clan chief here in Derry in 1985, who was a Spanish vice admiral, because uh, a lot of Irish immigrated from the 17th century. They went to Europe in the first instance. We're all aware of the Irish, or the Scotch-Irish, I think you call them. We call them sure. Ulster Scots, who headed out prior to your War of Independence. And then, of course, the big outflow associated with the famine. What is it? A million people headed for the States in that five or six years. So, so as you can understand, that's why the, we have those big figures of 40 million of people with Irish right. ancestry. So you start America. researching for this family reunion, this huge family reunion. Very much so. And you get more and more interested in it. Very much so, because I would argue that genealogy, especially in an Irish context, is connecting people to place. I mean, place is the key. No question. I mean, there's... I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this program that they probably suspect if you've got a name like O'Neill or a Doherty or Gallagher, you know you have Irish ancestry, sure. but you, you maybe don't know where, where from. So, what but, should they do? How can you help them? 
Well, in the first instance, the, the answer isn't in Ireland. It's in America. You should be trying to find out from all those relatives, friends that have traced the family history, is there any information as to where? I mean, I was talking to a fella from Chicago not that long ago, and he was one of 700 descendants from his great-grandfather that left from Eglinton, oh. where I live today, Goodness. in 1865. So in that period of, you know, 150 years, you have 700 direct descendants of that fella in the United States. But they knew that they came from the townland of Broca, Eglinton. If somebody comes with that information to me, I can say, hop in the car and I'll take you there. If they come to me and say... Me, I'm from Ireland. I'll say to him, well, enjoy your holiday, but don't spend too much time tracing your roots. <laughs> you have written a couple of books, uh, Irish genealogy reference books. Yeah, and I mean, we have a very close association with the genealogical publishing company in Baltimore, who have, you know, that they publish a lot of these genealogy reference books. And the, the, reason, the reason is quite simply is that there's a lot of interest there in tracing roots. And I would, my one word of advice to people is find out quiz people to find out where in Ireland their ancestors from. You know, if not uh, a townland or parish, the county at least that they're from. Uh, but even knows with databases, maybe you have a possibility of finding the ancestor before you come anyway. And I have a website that uh, has a database of over one million records from 1642 to 1922, right. and it's rootsireland.ie. That's, That's right. That's a good place to start? That's a good place to start because 25 years of my work is there. RootsIreland.ie, and, and Brian Mitchell's work is there. Well, I know there are a lot of people of Irish descent who really appreciate your work. Thank you, Rudy. And is it continued? You just keep going on? Keep going on. I have a few, few more years on me, even though I've been working for 33 years on it. Well, good for you. I, as I say, I know there are a lot of Irish people around the world who are grateful uh, for your work and uh, for the profession you fell into. Thank you for stopping Thank by. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you. Brian Mitchell is a genealogist. He's been involved in... Uh, immigration research in Ireland and Derry since 1982. Check out the website rootsireland.ie. Coming to you live from the Guildhall in Derry, Northern Ireland. We'll be right back. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at rudymaxa.com. Introducing Orbitz Rewards. It's the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards? Earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbitz Rewards, use the promo code TRAVELHAPPY for an extra 20% off eligible hotels. Instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. That's what we call happy. Sign up now at Orbitz.com rewards or visit RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors to get instant vacation gratification. True Car is changing car buying forever. Hi, it's Leah. True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Just in the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. And True Car users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third step, simple. Just print out your savings certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. 
What makes a good thing even better? How about having twice as much of it? For a limited time, Boost Mobile now offers you double the high-speed data while dropping the price. Yes, double the high-speed data while dropping the price. Let that sink in for a second. Okay, now just to make sure you heard me right, Boost Mobile is now offering double the high-speed data while dropping the price. I'm not kidding. Unlimited talk and text, and now with double the data starting at only $35 a month. That's lots of freaking data for not a lot of dough. Listen, you've got to get in on this double dose of data. Seriously, why pay more when you can pay less for twice as much? Hurry up. This offer will not last forever. Visit BoostMobile.com or your local Boost Mobile retailer for details. Offer ends 1515. Boost has no annual contracts. Double the data from Boost's previous offers. Offers and coverage not available everywhere and subject to change. Offer network use rules and other restrictions apply. Visit BoostMobile.com for details. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. It's 43 minutes after the hour, and this is a special edition of Rudy Maxa's World because we've taken the show on the road to the city of Derry, D-E-R-R-Y, in Northern Ireland, a beautiful city with an incredible uh, 400-year-old wall that surrounds the old city, a beautiful river that flows through it. And uh, one of the issues I've learned in my years of visiting Ireland is what language should people be speaking? And there was a, a period, well, why should I tell you this? I have an expert sitting right in front of me. His name is Oren Mullen. Hello, of course, Oren is spelled O-D-H-R-A. Yeah. All right, Oren. Uh, but we pronounce it Oren Mullen. Uh, uh, and uh, he is, uh, is the festival's offer, excuse me, officer. It's something called Culturalin, but I'll let you say it in Gaelic. Um, the name of the... Um the uh, organization is Culturlan y Canaan, which is named after Sean O'Cannon, um, an old Gilgor, which a Gilgor is an Irish speaker who um, was fundamental in kind of um, keeping the language alive in Derry um, in the 60s. And, and am I putting it too simply to say that your organization is, is really dedicated to keeping Gaelic alive? It's, um, it's more than that. It's about keeping Gaelic culture alive. So the music, the dance, the language, um, and you know the folklore and everything, so it's it's quite broad ranging. And is it my understanding correctly? There was a period where this was either discouraged or just dying out. Yep, it was in the 1800s. They had what were called the penal laws. Oh, the Brits! The Brits came in and wanted everybody speaking and British. Said, Don't speak Irish anymore, or you will die. And so, well, no, the penal laws more to do with Catholicism. But um, but uh, around the same time, they were encouraging people to um, drop Irish. Um, I'm not a historian, but I know the fundamental. And when did it start making a comeback? Um, well, um, they, towards the just at the turn of the century. Um, but um, I think, in terms of Derry City, um, the comeback has really been, you know, from the the forties right up until now. But um, Coulter Annie Cannon, the building was built in 
2009. Um, and it's a great kind of piece of architecture, really modern uh, contemporary architecture. And uh, kind of what we pride ourselves in is that we're bringing the language into the 21st century um, and showing that it is a living, breathing language. And it's not something to look back at, but to bring forward. Um, so everything that we do uh, is about, um, you know, Irish culture in the context of, of the iPod generation. Um, yeah, you uh, are, how old are you? You're very young. I'm 25. And how, what is your personal history with uh, Gaelic? Um, well, I am actually um, soon to be fluent. I've been learning Irish since I started so working. So you didn't in grow up learning Gaelic as a little boy? No, I didn't. There was always a um, kind of... Um, a stream and sort in of around you, where, yeah, yeah. Where, where you learn. Uh, well, there's, it's kind of uh, in the language that our our own kind of Irish English dialect. Anyway, you know, you, there's words and phrases of Irish, but um, at school there's always uh, there's always an Irish class. Um, and I suppose more th- my background would more be in Irish culture. So I grew up in um, in County Derry um, and learned. To play the tin whistle when I was five, and you then learned to play what the tin whistle, which the tin is whistle, okay, uh, so. an Irish instrument, and then the fiddle, which of course is a violin. And right. uh, so I have been very much involved in, in Irish traditional music, and the two are very kind of co. They're they're linked because you get a lot of musicians who speak the language um, as well. Um, and when you say, excuse me, that the schools teach Irish, that's the same as saying they teach Gaelic, right? Yeah. Okay. So Irish. Uh, it's just an anglicization of the word Gaelic. I see. Um, and what kind, of, what kind of visitor to this town, if he comes to the Culturlin, mm-hmm. what can he or she expect to experience? Well, um, the idea of the building itself is that someone can walk into the building and be totally immersed in, that, in the language and the culture. Um, so we would have a regular program of traditional music. We would have language classes running every day and every evening. Um, and we also have a series of festivals, small festivals, which we deliver, you know, over the that's your special first half of the year, right? Yeah. And you had a festival last year that brought about four hundred thousand people here. What was that about? That was the Flachyall, which is the feast of music, um, ah. and obviously it's the feast of Irish traditional music. Um, and I mean, there's huge um, kind of influx of visitors from North America and Europe that come to uh, just be. Uh, be in the middle of this giant celebration of Irish music and, and the language as well would be a, a big part of that festival. Um, and it came to Derry, um, notably it crossed the border uh, to Northern, what they call Northern Ireland for the very first time last year. Um, and we were the proud hosts of the, that festival. That must have been great. I mean, a whole festival of Irish music. What, what's better than that? Uh, nothing, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> now, you say you're almost fluent in Gaelic, so are you still taking lessons, or are you just trying to use it more? Um, I'm trying to just um, get a better grasp of the grammar and being able to write it because of my, the nature of my work. Um, but uh, I really enjoy being able to use the language. How do you um, say goodbye, Rudy? Nice to have you here in uh, Belfast, in, excuse me, in uh, the Derry. Well, um, slang of foil, really. Um, uh, so look, I'm, To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. 
Welcome back. It's 52 minutes after the hour. My next guest is a musician, and might I add, she's a 16-year-old musician who's quite accomplished. I have a list of her performances, MTV Crashes, Other Voices Music Trail, Stendhal Festival, Record Store Music. She is, uh, writes her own music, or much of her own music, and her name is Jessica Doherty. Jessica, welcome to this travel show that's being broadcast in the States. Hello. Thank you. For You're from Derry, I presume? Yes. Um, always loved here. And how, did you, how old were you when you started playing the guitar? Um, I was 15. I picked it up, um, I think it was two years ago. 15? You're only 16 now. Well, um, it was at Christmas, and my birthday's in March, but um, I asked for a guitar for Christmas, and that's where it's got me so far. And you write much of your own music. Yeah, um, I started doing covers, and then I really got into songwriting. And do you come from a musical family? Um, I think the only musical person in my family would be my grandfather, who plays the accordion. Oh, I play the accordion too. I give you my best year, my regards to your grandfather and my sympathies. <laughs> they make fun of us. Although I think the accordion is more popular here than in America. So you play the guitar. Mm. You write your own music. Do you do you foresee a career in music? Um, I think music. It would be something I'd love to do as a career. I'm kind of set on it now at this stage. <laughs> Good for you. And you're going to. Uh, and you you do solo generally? Yes. Um, I used to be in a band, but I'm now pursuing a solo career. Okay. And you have written a, a, a song called. Um, pine tree <laughs> and you're going to perform it for us and this is in the genre of, of an irish folk song yeah it's a folk song um well i think it's a perfect way to, uh, you want to tell me a little about the song um i um wanted to write a song because i was playing at a festival that summer mm -hmm. and i wanted to have a really chilled laid back vibe to the song so i kind of done my research and you know those love songs would be really popular so i decided to write a love song, and that it was probably one of my most successful songs so far. Well, good for you. I think it's a perfect way to wind up a two-hour show on Derry, Ireland, don't you? Um, hope so. <laughs> well, why don't you step over to the microphone no and grab your guitar from your manager and play us a little bit of Pine Tree and play us out of the show. Or to remind you that the show today is coming from Derry in, the, in, the, uh, in Northern Ireland. Um, it's the second largest town in Northern Ireland, and I've had a fabulous three days here. I would put it on your uh, to-do list, and if you're lucky, maybe you can catch Jessica Doherty uh, singing somewhere. Jessica, this is Jessica's uh, folk song, Pine Tree. Take it away.
here first. You heard her here first. Her name is Jessica Doherty. If you'd like to follow her, you can go to Facebook.com, and uh, she's at Jessica Doherty Music, all one word, Jessica Doherty Music. I want to thank Tourism Island in the United States and here in Northern Ireland. Ruth Moran and ben, uh, Bernard McMullen in the United States. Here, Anya McFeely from Visit Derry and Claire Keenan from the Northern Ireland Tourist Bureau. My guide in Derry is Ken McElroy for the second year in a row. He was on my show last year. Delighted to have him here. He's a qualified Blue Badge guide, and he's one of Northern Ireland's most experienced guides, having commenced guiding about 20 years ago. We'll put a link to his uh, uh, to him on our Facebook fan page, Rudy Max at Rudy Max's World. My accommodations in Dublin were at the wonderful Fitzwilliam Hotel. It's a member of Preferred Hotels. It's right on St. Stephen's Green. And in Derry, I stayed at a gorgeous country house hotel called Beach Hill. You can check it out at beach-hill.com. Thank you to the owner, co-owner, Patsy Kane, and her brother. My engineer here in Kerry is John Benson. In the U.S., my engineer is Jeff Ryder. And as always, my executive producer is Janet DeAcevedo McDonald. I'm Rudy Maxa coming to you from Derry in Northern Ireland. Thank you for joining me. See you next weekend. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.